Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise reviews and tips to help you make the most out of your next cruise. My name's Kieran. I'm an independent travel agent specializing in all things cruise, Disney, and North America, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I write over at Cruising for All and Mini Travelers. Brilliant. And this week, we are very privileged and very honored to have a very special guest with us. Join us. <laughs> Joining us from Virgin Voyages, we have Shane. So, Shane, if you'd like to introduce yourself, please. Yes. Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Shane, as you say. I am the VP of International Sales and Marketing at Virgin Voyages, uh, responsible for pretty much everything outside of North America from a sales perspective. Um, but I've been with Virgin Voyages now for just over five years. It was my five-year anniversary last month. So, Amazing. We had no ships, no no real uh, you know, no no real product, uh, and we were shaping everything from the beginning. So yeah, been been around for quite a while. Uh, five years in Virgin Voyages terms is probably about 30, 30 years it, in uh, in, a, in another cruise line. I was going to say it probably feels like crazy to see kind of that initial birth of the product to kind of now seeing where you've got three ships and a fourth on the way. That must be kind of a crazy journey to kind of see that evolution, I guess, of the product. And it is a short time actually to do five, four, well, four ships in five years. That's that's a, a tough product. Well, the original plan was, obviously, COVID aside, the original business plan was we would take each ship delivered 18 months apart. Um, and that was strategic. So we'd take one ship, it would give us 18 months then to build up the awareness of the product and get loyal fans. And then we move on to the next ship and so on and so forth and introduce new itineraries. We purposely set out with having a consistent fleet. So all of our ships are brand new. And one of the aspects that we really want to focus on when we launched was having ships that were consistent meant our sailors once they will love one ship they they love the rest and it was it enabled them to choose a destination based or, or change choose an itinerary based on the destinations rather than that ship is my favorite ship or that ship is my favorite ship and even though the ships are essentially identical with some small kind of design features that are different people still have their favorite ship and i think it's quite interesting even though uh you know it's call them lady ships and they almost do have a personality and people have fallen in love with different ones yeah i found that i keep saying so i think it's layla from the sales team i was like oh I something about valiant i don't know what it is valiant special yeah. to me and I, I still can't put my finger on it because as you yeah. say they're all identical they've got very similar layouts type of thing but it's just i think the one maybe you fall in love with the most maybe the one you're on the most or the one you go on first the one that has your favorite itinerary where i was like yeah it's special to me okay so scarlet is obviously the baby so we launched her from the beginning so Scarlet has a special place in my heart because she was the first one. And mm. that was the one I went to the shipyard and saw. I saw her in pieces and then saw her as a half a ship and then saw her complete. So she's the one I've been on the most journey with. But I have to agree with you, Valiant is the one that I'm probably most emotionally connected to because that's the one that we were launching, uh, you know, essentially during COVID and trying yeah. to get her stood up. And there were so many delays and it was almost because the point of when will she launch? Uh, <laughs> the moment of her, her launching was, was key. Uh, yeah. And I for me, it was almost when we knew we were launching Valiant, it kind of felt like life was getting something back to normal. So I think there's that emotional connection to it. Equally with Resilient, I remember during COVID, I think we were the only cruise line to announce a name of a new ship during lockdown. Yeah, uh, We announced the, the name Resilient Lady. And so even now when we're on the ship, I was like, God, I remember when we chose the name of the ship and what it meant. And so it does mean something special when you look back and go, what we went through um and it will always be that reminder of we came through it and we were able to right. all thrive and, and move ahead and like you say now getting ready to take ship four which is brilliant lady so 
Yeah, I still keep forgetting that there's there's four. I, I keep going Scarlet. I mean, no, I Valiant. Which one is it? Hang on. Uh, it's it's, it's me. You feel like I've got you know a big nursery of kids all of a sudden that I didn't expect. Yeah. So can I ask a question then, Kieran? Sorry, because he's like a virgin stick of rock. So right. So as a non-virgin cruiser, mm-hmm. who who are virgins? So if I was going to book a virgin cruise, what what am I getting? It's a good point. So. I think one of the things that I'm probably most proud of now with the launch of Resilient Lady is it's the shift that I think really demonstrates that we've come of age. People now really understand what Virgin Voyages is really standing for and who would love Virgin Voyages. And the thing for me that I'm starting to see the the, the pendulum shift is people are realizing that it's for everybody and everybody can yeah. have a great time, whether you are 18 or 80. We are a lifestyle brand. Um, so we're as much about having fun and partying as we are health and well-being and fitness. Whereas it, it's as important in your time and destination as is how do you, how you get there. Uh, but for us, we set out in a way of saying, how do you create a cruise product for people that really wouldn't take a cruise? Um, so that was one aspect. And then we also overlaid, how can you enhance a cruise product? And cruise is very, and it's an incredible industry. It's innovated in so many different ways. But the innovations have all still been very much within a box of a cruise. So there may be the largest slides at sea, there may be X, Y, and Z, but you still have a main dining room. You still have a theater that is remains in the same format. So we went, looked at the pain points of cruising, and we looked at the pain points as to why people wouldn't take a cruise. Um, and I think that really accelerated us to create the product that we've, that we've got. So some of the points why you wouldn't take a cruise is it can be seen as incredibly complex, right? People who've never been on a ship before they go onto a cruise website and suddenly you're tasked with what cabin grade would you want okay i want a balcony okay which of the 15 different price points for the balcony do you want and people are like i, I don't get it uh, so even when it came to the structure of the pricing we said well it's like it's like a hotel so you've got an inside cabin you've got a balcony cabin uh, which essentially is your cv cabin and then you've got your suites so and we allocate the cabins automatically because in a hotel you trust that you're going to get the best room so we allocate best available rooms at the time we included a lot more things so one of the things that we found when people have never cruised before they felt they had this stigma of cruising is going to sell it cheap get you on board and then you're kind of trapped and you're going to be fleeced and, and tip you upside down for every penny you've got so we have set out with a mission to say when you board a virgin voyager ship there'll be no trestle tables there'll be nobody trying to sell you something yes the price point may have been higher but you've got yeah. so much more included and you'll never feel like you've been nickel and dimed and we set out with that that's like my favorite thing as well about Virgin is I don't feel like I'm pressured to spend more money once I'm on board type of thing. Uh, there's no someone chasing you to get your photo pass. There's nobody telling you to upgrade your drinks package. There's nobody trying to sell you a spa package. Mm-hmm. You're just allowed to kind of enjoy the ship at your own pace. You're not forced to kind of spend more again if you don't want to on board. So I really, that it's surprising how much of a difference that makes to you yeah. relaxing and not feel like you're hiding from all the crew when you're on board. Yeah, and with linking to the relaxing, we don't make announcements on board, which is quite unique. So we make a welcome announcement and a disembarkation announcement. In between, there are no other announcements. And that was purposely for, if you have, if you go to a boutique hotel on land, there's nobody there announcing over Tannoy's that something's happening at a certain time. We've got an app that can tell you where what things are going on. You can pick up a printout if you really want to leave your phone in the cabin. So it was designed in a way that it's, it's more reliant to a luxury boutique hotel on land that happens to move around, but has got incredible entertainment built in and you've got lots of different eateries included. And I think when we went to the shipyard to say, we want to design this new product, 
I don't really think they knew what hit them because yeah, I think the first time they were building a ship with no main dining room, a theatre that's not in a traditional format, um, and instead of going to a main dining room every night, you live like you do on land. It's like being in a great city where you go, right, where should we go for dinner tonight? And every night is a different experience. So it's not that same repetitiveness of going to a main dining room or paying to go somewhere else. You've actually got lots of different restaurants. So I always say, back to your original question, Sarah, think of it not as a cruise, actually. Yeah. Right. Cruise before, that's probably a great thing because you got, you're not coming with those expectations of or those problems that you might have faced elsewhere when you're researching a cruise holiday. And then we have found people who have cruised elsewhere have come to us and realize it's the sum of the parts that make Virgin really special. It is all of those restaurants. It is all of those inclusion. It's a lack of announcements. It's the lack of upsell everywhere you go. And instead, we create this relaxed adult environment where you can just really truly be yourself. Nobody's saying to you, you know, there's no dress codes. And I know yeah. in the industry, no dress codes, but still when you look at the back of the brochures, <laughs> Resort uh, casual. <laughs> it still says what it is, but it truly is authentically be yourself and come as you are. And that's really how our our crew are embraced as well. So the crew make the product incredible because they yeah. have the freedom to be themselves. That's I mean, because we've discussed this a lot because Kira's been trying to find me a holiday because really? my 18 and 22-year-old have announced they don't want to cruise anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, that's my business, so you have to because yeah. I have to be on the ships. So... I think it'd probably really suit them. Well, we've got somebody in our team, uh, Jenny, who her kids are, I'm going to probably get it wrong now, 18, 19, 20 or something. Um, and she went on holiday last year um, and took the kids with her. And it was probably something that we overlooked quite early on, to be honest with you. We were very much, it's adult-only products, it's probably going to be couples. We overlooked this multi-generational family piece. It actually mm. is way bigger than we anticipated. So now it's a mm. real segment of the market that we're really going after. Mm. And Jenny used to sail on other brands and she'd work for other brands where the kids loved all the gizmos and gadgets. But they're now actually at that age, they don't want that. What yeah. they want is great food, Instagrammable moments. Mm. Yeah. Talks about, you know, they arrived into Ibiza on the itinerary and Jenny and her partner went off and had a beautiful dinner in the old town. And the kids, if you like, went off and went to see Calvin uh-huh. and they met back up later on. And it's yeah. that mixture of... Yeah. Um, and the reality is now when you look at kind of 18 and 19 year olds, they're... Uh, a lot more sophisticated than I ever was at that time. I've got my who's 18 and she's brunching and she's going to do this. Yeah. I was like, playing golf. The cheapest alcohol I could get in the cheapest. (laughs) (laughs) It's now, it's much more sophisticated. And I do think the product very much lends itself to to that market. Now, my niece, for example, when I was 18, I was going, I went to a travel agent. Where can I go as cheap as possible? That's cars and nightlife as possible. She's now going, I would only do Mykonos, Santorini. I want brought Nick for the weekend. Like got eighteen year olds are very different now. So I think it does appeal to what we have created definitely appeals to like I said the the modern younger um person that is looking for, you know, more of an elevated experience. Mm. And they're all loaded, aren't they? I mean I didn't have the money that uh, that age that my time. kids have got. Yeah. Yeah. They've got so much in the bank you keep saying we're going to start charging these bold. And yeah. the other thing is um They've just got such high expectations and we're still paying for them to travel as well because I think we've been through COVID and yeah. we still want to go away with them. So that you, that multi-generational thing has become bigger than ever because I wouldn't yeah. have travelled with my parents at 18, but no, they still want to come with us. Yeah, and I think it's nice that, you know, it's especially COVID is kind of, the really, you, you lost a couple of years. So I think it's nice that people almost realise what's important again, right? And go, right, actually, let's go away together and spend that time together. But we... We found more and more of that multi-generational family sailing and we found that the feedback has been 
really incredible because again people often think you know when we were launching we were launching all the different aspects and it's very easy that people as soon as you launch one aspect people clapped onto it and went that's what you are uh, yeah. and we announced yeah. a tattoo studio and a drag show and suddenly that's all people thought we were but that's part of the story it's not the story and um, so if you don't want a tattoo it makes no difference it doesn't matter but yeah. the tattoo studio is all about the the reason as to why it's there um, and our crew being able to have the independence and freedom to be themselves. And I remember when we launched, um, there was a lady in London who actually tweeted me and she was one of the kind of top lawyers in the country. She's a big barrister, whatever it is, some kind of legal role. Um, but she got two arm sleeve tattoos and she'd never done a cruise because she always felt that she'd feel out of place. Yeah. And, and was like, actually, you know, it's a very much a live and let live mentality on board the ship. Yeah. And I, I describe it as, and I think, so Richard describes it in such a good way because the 68 different nationalities of crew and it's almost like the vibe on board the ship is how the world should be. Yeah. Got yeah. Holding, girls holding hands, people that batter an eyelid, people just live their life and it's live and let live mm. mentality. And I think Virgin is very unique in being able to bring that mindset together of like-minded people that want to have a great time, want brilliant quality product, but actually just want to be themselves. I say to my customers a lot, like, there's an amazing electric atmosphere on board. And I, I know how you create it because I've watched and I've seen the hard work that the Happenings cast go into and all the crew go into to kind of create those amazing, like, um, pop-up events and things like that. But you just create this amazing atmosphere where everyone's just really kind of at ease and accepting and everyone's having a really nice time. And we make friends and we chat to everyone on board because everyone's just really friendly, really bubbly and really chatty. And I think probably where we should lead into kind of resilient as well and kind of how she's evolving, I guess, the entertainment offering as well. Just yeah. some of the new entertainment you've got on board, like Lola's Library especially, just creates this really amazing atmosphere in the manor that happens across the whole evening. And I think that's just seeing this evolution of this really relaxed, high-end product as well, though. And I think the new shows on board Resilient absolutely blew me away. And I was already in love with like Untitled Dance Show and Dual Reality already, but definitely the new shows on Resilient have elevated that even higher again. And I generally was just like, oh, look, this is the best thing ever. Well, Resilient is a, a step up, right? So we launched Scarlet and Valley in a very close time. So a lot of the product overlapped because we we're having to launch them within such a close proximity. Resilient, we have the good runway to be able to make sure that we, we, we're elevating to the next level. And we always have to challenge ourselves. Like if someone's coming back to the third ship like yourself, you've done all of them. So you come back to a third ship, what's going to be different? So the entertainment was a key differentiator. Yeah. And the entertainment, we purposely pushed the boundaries. So we have no traditional theater. It actually transforms. It can be in theater mode. It can be one big, huge dance floor. Um, it can be in kind of alley mode where the seats are on both sides. And we purposely, for the next round, said, actually, what have people loved about some of the things we've done before? And I say one of the shows we've got, the new show called Persephone, is it's almost like Untitled Dance Show Party thing and Dual Reality had a baby. And they're two of the most popular shows. Uh, and this new, this new show has come out of those two creations. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's outstanding. And I think when we first launched, it was almost people were just a bit like, whoa, is this too much for a cruise? Because it was so out there from what they used to. Yeah. We now almost have the creative freedom and permission to keep pushing and keep yes. pushing in these shows. Because that's what people are expecting for us. Virgin, we expect you to go to the next level. We're not yeah, looking yeah. We're not looking to sit down and watch a, watch a show, clap and leave. And we purposely set out to say, and it sounds like a, a really bougie, bold statement, but we said entertainment has to, ch has to change you in some way. Like you have to go into something and leave feeling that it's changed you in some way. And it's not, you know, we're not trying to go oh, suddenly transforming people's minds or brainwashing people, but you have to leave going, oh, I, I didn't know that story or it's made me look at a story in a different way. And like dual reality, for example, is a story of Romeo and Juliet, essentially. But it's told in a completely different, and you leave and you go, God, that's the life that we're currently facing with all this 
tension we see in the world, it wouldn't be so much easier if we did this. So it has to leave you in a different way and leave you feeling a bit better about yourself and better about the world that we live in. Uh, it, it's more than just a show. Yeah, definitely. And I think I've always come away from a lot of the shows and there's really poignant moments of like coming together, acceptance, mm -hmm. finding yourself. And like we touched upon this in our Pride and Diversity episode as well, but I think Virgin do a really great job of showcasing that as well with the entertainment on board, with the acceptance and diversity showcase on board through like the cast, as you mentioned. I think you just get this really lovely sense of acceptance on mm -hmm. board the ship, which I, I resonates with me so much. I generally, and I hate admitting this, but Ships in the Night generally made me cry. Yeah. I generally had a moment where I cried. And obviously with what's going on in America with the whole like um, yeah. drag bands and all that type of stuff. But just to see those performers being their authentic selves performing generally touched me. And I was like, this is incredible. And it's amazing that these people can be themselves, showcase their talent and their art in such an authentic way in a beautifully told story as well. I got a bit of emotional at in the Night as well because it just tells a story in such a beautiful way. But I think what I also love about Ships in the Night and actually all of our cast, they're not what you expect. Right. Yes. Reality is you look at the cast and normally you've got a ship's cast company and they all look the same. They've all come out of drama school and they're all very similar. And we've got all shapes and sizes on stage moving in ways that you would never expect. You typically look at somebody of that size and go, they'd never be able to move. And they're blocking the stage. And what I love is people in the audience almost can always see them some, see themselves on stage and see something. It's not, I'm seeing a stick figure running around, bouncing around to do an amazing job. Actually, it's about, you know, life is is not a dress size and you're not dictated by certain things and i think that's why we're unique we create this world on on board the ships that i think if the world was like that in general it'd be a much better place yeah yeah uh, i agree this magical bubble and you say the vibe is something that the vibe is something is the hardest thing to sell and hardest thing for people to get their head around because you only totally. understand it once you've lived it and yeah. our, <laughs> our uh, 95 percent satisfaction rate so once you get them on board they love it we know that. we know very confident about the product we winning awards left right and center which is brilliant uh but really i think for me resilient is has shifted that pendulum even further people going i get it it's not a, a young party ship yes there are amazing parties but there's incredible food there's incredible well-being there's amazing destinations so people are now seeing the bits are coming together and understanding that it's not just a party ship for 1830s people or you know something that's too out there and they can't see themselves on it is something for everybody but that's the point, isn't it? You've you've tapped into what the mindset of the generation because they they've oh. come through school, they're they're mm. more discerning, they they expect more out of life, but they're also more understanding and accepting. Is, and yeah. so it feels to me, yeah. just from an outside point of view, that is that you've put that on a ship. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'd say exactly. Uh, and I think the definition of luxury has shifted as well, right? So. Really. We launched and people saw our price point and all of our inclusions, but then saw the ship. They were like, oh, it doesn't look luxury. And we had we right. had luxury sellers that actively refused to sell us because they thought it doesn't look luxury. And I, I think it was fairly naive, actually. And I think we were probably probably big headed, but we were almost ahead of that curve of the transformation of what luxury is. Yeah. Yeah. The luxury hotels evolving. And a luxury hotel now is very rare. Yeah, of course, you've got your Savoys, etc. But you look at the types of properties that are popping up all across Europe. They are beach club type vibing experience, mm. lifestyle brands. Yeah. Health and well-being is such a big thing. I actually just came back from Turkey last week and the hotel had an incredible fitness program, full outdoor gyms, all kinds of exercises. They were putting spin bikes in the pool. and You can do all <laughs> These are things that, you know, five years ago, even that was five years ago, Turkey, it was buffets, slides. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Magneto is shifting because she needs to appeal to people are much more attuned to what's mm. good for them. Life in balance. Actually, a holiday is about being able to reset yourself almost as it is about being able to go and have a blowout. And it's also about having the opportunity to reconnect as a loved one. And I think the ships do such a good job of allowing people just to come back together. And ultimately, holidays, uh, the the memory, and it probably sounds cliche and a bit, again, a bit bougie and aspirational, but they're the things that people talk about on their deathbed. They're the things that you look back at in the darkest times. You get your photo books out and go, do you remember when we did this? And like, yeah. my, now we're grown up at 18 and, you know, and we were like, oh, do you remember when we were in Florida? And do you remember when we did this? And we said yeah. when they come up on our time hop and stuff. Yeah. Things that are, you know, every, a holiday is way more important than just going off and having a good time. So I think we take it very, very seriously. And we're, we always talking internally about we need to give people the best week of their lives. Just going, have, giving them a good time is not good. Yeah, enough. yeah. So that's why we set our ambitions super high. And, you, and we have to keep focusing on how do we constantly make this the best week of their lives? And there's not there's no other option. So how do you choose your itineraries and your pulps? Is is there a lot of consideration that goes into that? There is, and there, and frankly, there's been changes, there's been pivots right. uh, along the way as we as we learn. And I would probably say there's probably going to be more pivots in the future as we as we evolve. We obviously set we you have to book itineraries so far in advance because you have to get right. the earthing of where you can dock the ships and so on. And whilst there is still more hotel beds in a night in Vegas than there are cruise ships in the world. And they, you, we still, you have to, there's only so many ports that you can dock into. Uh, so we have to book far in advance. And what that has meant is, you know, we planned itineraries and as the time evolves and as we get more feedback from our sailors and people start telling us what they love and what they would like to see more of, we are having to pivot and make changes along the way and actually say, well, we may cancel some itineraries and replace them with itineraries. Uh, and we've recently done that in Australia and New Zealand. So we had a lot, we had a very small selection of short break itineraries from Australia. Uh, and a bigger selection of the 10 and 12 night Australia to New Zealand open doors. Uh, and what the audience has been telling us over the last six months is actually we'd like more opportunity to do short breaks and mm, doing right. uh, than taking one big, long, big, long holiday. Um, so we have pivoted and said, actually, based on where the demand is and what people are looking for, we, we're having to evolve and say, where do we change the itinerary? Yeah. So now much more shorter breaks in Australia where you can do five, six and eight nights because that's what the local market was looking for. We still kept New Zealand itineraries for those people that want them, but there's just fewer of them, uh, and we let more into that space. And in Europe, I would say, you know, the itineraries having the, Athens and the Greek island itineraries have just gone so incredibly well. Yeah, uh, we're in a, a situation whereby we're still playing catch up. So a lot of our customers then moved from Barcelona, went to Athens because they were just taking that approach. Uh, so I think next year it'll be interesting to see how it plays out by. I think this the level play, the, the playing field will be level, as in Rosalind new. She's not doing the itineraries for the first time, so next year we'll really be able to tell what itinerary yeah. is most competitive. That's literally our dilemma now. We're literally going like, what do we do next year? Because now we would have done all four of the med itineraries, yeah. so we're a bit like, oh, we've got free range now. We can we yeah. can buy what we like. <laughs> One of the things that we, when we do plan our itineraries, we do make sure that there is plenty of time to be able to see the destination, and I think that again is quite unique for yes. us because. I think if you've never cruised before, some people's perception is you have very little time in, in shore and you have maybe four or five hours and then you're back on the ship because the ship wants to keep you on. Uh, for us, we actually want people to get off the ship and mm -hmm. go and explore the destinations. And so on every itinerary, we have overnights or late night stays. So on the Greek itineraries, you've got an overnight in Mykonos, you've got late stays in Dubrovnik. And that's because destinations come alive at night as well. So shame if you're in Mykonos and you're leaving at four or five o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Four or five o'clock, you should have gone back to the ship, freshen up and get back out again. 
because uh, that's really when the destination is coming to life. And walking through the cobble streets at 10 o'clock at night is a different experience to 3 o'clock in the afternoon when there's two or three. Yeah. Um, so the itineraries are really, really important to us. And giving people, people our sailors, more time ashore is, is really important because we sail the oceans because of the destinations. Uh, people want to get to the destinations and they choose an itinerary because of where it's going. Uh, so it's not the ship the destination is equal to so can i ask you about food just because food just from talking to kieran seems really yeah. unique so can you tell us a bit about food for a non-virgin sailor yeah well food is is key like food is one of the things we always think about if you go look at a trip advisor review of anybody's holiday the things that they talk about is food service and generally probably the accommodation uh, they're the three things everything else that they, they don't really talk about how amazing the slide was these are the core things Food is the number one trend to every review. So food is where we invest very heavily. We took away a main dining room because when you have a main dining room, you're trying to seat a thousand people at any one time. The only thing you can do is what's called banquet dining, right? So if you go into the galley, you have all of the starters. They're all pre-plated up. And you could be, if you go to a main dining room, you order a salmon uh, for as a starter. Within minutes, the salmon is there. The plate's cold because it's been in a fridge all afternoon. And that's the only way you can do it if you've got a seat, seating people at that, uh, at, at that volume. What we said is actually, and also what that does also drive is the feeling of mass. Yeah, it drives that herd mentality. You've got half the ship going to a restaurant and then half the ship leaving the restaurant. So you feel like you're with a lot of people. So we said, how do we break that down and go, forget sending everybody to the same location. Can you break that down and have enough restaurants for people to be scattered around the ship? So you also then have a different experience. So there are 20 different places to eat on board the ship. And I would say six, what I would term main dining rooms. Uh, so there are six main restaurants. So every night you would have a different experience from our vegan forward restaurant of Razzle Dazzle to the Wake, which is steak and seafood. You've got the Korean barbecue. You've got our Italian. But every single one feels like you're on a different ship every night. Like it doesn't just feel like you've gone into a restaurant and the menu's changed. The, right. the decor, the crew, the, the whole design, the drinks menu is completely different. And, uh, and, and we've had people who've gone into extra virgin and have wanted a drink that's in (laughs) restaurant and that's that restaurant in the same way in the city you couldn't walk into a restaurant and go i want the drink from five doors up yeah it's part of the experience right um so you've got your mezcal bar you've got your tequila bar and all that in in the mexican restaurant so every restaurant does feel like a completely truly unique experience that quite frankly you'd be happy to pay for anywhere in the world yeah Uh, so yes, yeah, so I think it's um, it's that's what makes us really different, and we don't have a a buffet restaurant that people would be so familiar with when you think of cruising. Instead, we have something called galley. It's more like a, a food court, so you can walk around, take a look at the food, have a seat, and you can order, and it'll be delivered to you. So you've got the best of both worlds. You've got the ability to be able to be as a group, but all eat something different. Uh, but then you've also uh, got the ability that everything is made fresh from scratch, um, and right. it also helps with sustainability, right? With with yeah. a buffet, there's so much waste because yeah. you don't have food on display for so long and then it has to be thrown away. Uh, and you've got to constantly keep this food on display and keep bringing new food out. Where for us, we don't have to do that. Everything's made to order. Um, so we can put some on display and then everything is is made fresh fresh from scratch. So that is that is unique. And I think I'm right in saying we probably send more per, per passenger on food than, than pretty much every other cruise line, I would imagine, because we best rather than in, we invest in the quality rather than the waste. So rather than wasteful buffets, we actually go, right, it's made to order. It might take that bit longer, 
but it's because of the quality. And it was interesting when we first launched. And naturally, in the cruise industry, you generally get a lot of people who, you know, avid cruisers. They go and join a new ship. And one of the feedback we had was, oh, the dining's slow. The dining's not slow. The dining is how dining should be. The dining yeah. is and mm. You don't go into a restaurant in, in London and order something and the starter's there within minutes. But we almost became so used to, you know, food being served very quickly because of the main yeah. dining. Mm. So, and it's brilliant. And, and, you know, ships like you know, ships of certain scales, they have to do that. And I'm not yeah. The food is, they still churn out incredible food. Mm. Yeah. They set out to create something different and, you know, not a not a banquet, not a banquet dining. I think it's like you said, though, it's about changing that perception of what cruise can be. And it's not doing it in a challenging way. It's just doing it in a different way. And the yeah. fact that the food is so high, so elevated. And I generally refer to it as this speciality level dining every single night includes in the cruise fair. And yeah. I think that just goes to show in the, it's more of an experience as well. You're dining yeah. for the experience, not just because that's where your meal is that evening. Yeah. It just changes your perception. But then you're going for some lovely cocktails and some lovely lounges, taking in the entertainment that is very freestyle as well. Yeah. It's just, it's a lovely way to spend the evening on board, definitely. My hairdresser came back and I've been badgering him for ages. You know, it's like, he comes to the house and he's like, he's like, where are you going on holiday? I was like, you need to do a cruise. You need to do Virgin Voyage. You need to do Virgin Voyage. And last year he turned me down. He's like, I'm not going. Really? And he goes to Vegas and he loves Ibiza. He loves great food. He loves brunching. And I was like, just do it. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, and he went a couple of weeks ago. He got back. I feel like you've combined the best of Vegas, the best of Ibiza, the best of Mykonos, best of all these favorite destinations in one place. Yeah. Uh, the best holiday I've ever had. And I was like, wow. And this was somebody who would never step foot on a cruise. Yeah. When I said cruise, it was like, no, I'm not, not interested. This is the only <laughs> person I've ever worked for where I get badgered by my friends going, I really want to do it. That is really cool. You go uh so it does have that we are building a reputation now where mm. it's aspirational and people really want to do it and people are looking and, and the word is getting out where we didn't really have that at the start we had to start from scratch right so now word is spreading thanks to people like Kieran and yourself being able to uh you know let people know the quality of the product but i'm super proud of it and i, I think it's going to go from from strength to strength as we have more more tricks and ideas up our sleeves. I was going to say, you need to stop giving me tricks all the time because I don't think I can cope anymore. <laughs> so do a lot of people come back with tattoos? Because I know if I took my boys on that ship, one of them would come back with a tattoo. Uh, so, so do the, a lot of people do that? It's generally full. Uh, oh, it's generally full. It's very difficult to get so in. Yes. If you don't on day one, you probably won't get it. Uh, what is different with Resilient is the tattoo studio has moved. Uh, so it's not in the front and center of the ship. And the other two ships, it's right in the roundabout. So it's really front and center. It's now moved. So I would, I would say it's a little bit more discreet. It also allows the tattoo artist to be more focused because you don't got people just popping in all the time. You used to have a lot of tire kickers where people would go in and go, I might have one, I might not. I might have one every day. Yeah. I might have it in the <laughs> Stay going, I want it. And then it's too full so they don't get in. Um, I never had a tattoo when I joined and I've now had one on each ship. Um, and for me, it's not about you know, it's not about the tattoo itself. It's more around the memory and the story that the tattoo tells um, and why I've had the tattoo. And, yeah. and to be honest with you, probably five years ago, somebody was probably thinking, oh, tattoos, are, are they my thing? But I now love the idea that they're an art, they're an art form, right? The things you can get just so intricate, incredible. And I think a lot of people then do, people who do really want a tattoo will have one on board because we have the best artists. You don't have to worry about claiming Oh, you're in the, the best environment that there is. Yeah. So, but it's again not a. You don't have to have one, but it's about yeah. if you have one, you can be free. You, you know, you can be free to have you to display tattoos, and they're now not what they used to be. You know, they are artwork, not mm. you know, not what perhaps people associated with them in the past. 
it's really interesting because my the first holiday my oldest son went on he came back with a really dodgy tattoo they yeah. went like they do drunk and it's, it's been it was hideous it wasn't even straight because he's like slumped in the chair so it's cost he's actually cost him a fortune and now he's got a big and it, but it is lovely i mean i my pain barrier no but yeah. it looks lovely so if I think if you're on a cruise, you know that you're in a sterile environment. You know that yeah. you've got people that are correctly trained. It's safer, and I like that. You know, the quality, the quality is great, but it's again, it's it's a sum of the party. When you say how many people get a tattoo, there's probably one percent of the ship get a tattoo if that, uh, because the scale of people, we can't get that many people through. The tattoos. Mm. It's, it's a really small part of the experience, and I think one of my frustrations almost is when people say tattoo studio oh i'd never gone there to tattoo studio i was like well in that sense, <laughs> you missed it out like <laughs> in that sense you'd never go to any city in the world because every no and just because there's one on a high street doesn't mean you have to get one when you walk into next no you don't, you don't have to get one you just it's not your thing mm. that's fine if it is your thing the mm. message about it really is tattoos came from sailors telling stories of their maritime adventure so there is a story behind tattoos and every tattoo means something so if our crew members got a tattoo we're not going to turn them down for not having a tattoo no. and normally they'd make people cover them up and for me it seems yeah. weird that people have got all these these <laughs> arms rather than being able to tell the story of the tattoo and i love being able to say to a crew member oh, what's your tattoo mean and it it talks about their their culture or it's a story yeah. around where they're from or it relates to somewhere in their family or it's about I was with, here in this place with my friend. And when they talk about the story, they light up. Like when you go, yeah. oh, I had this in Indonesia and I met some friends there and you know, I met my fiance there and it was all part of the same trip. And you, that is, it's a, it's a, your own diary, if you like. And you, you see the crew members light up when you can have that conversation. So for me, it, it's a storytelling part and it's a, a chance to be able to get to know someone better. And yeah. I love the fact that, the inclusivity of it because I've got friends that have been overlooked for careers mm -hmm. because they've had a sleeve and in education. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It doesn't just because you got a tattoo doesn't mean you you can't do a job. And I think that's key for us. And um, and I think I guess the world has moved on. My son's teacher now has sleeve tattoos really? and yeah. sleeve shirts and no one bats an eyelid. Yeah. And no. So I think the world has moved, also moved on quite a lot. And look, yeah, if you're somebody who really loves traditional cruising and you love your main dining room and you want to put your tuxedo on every thursday i'm not saying this is a good swap for you uh yeah it's it, i think everyone can find something that they would love on virgin yeah. voyages without a doubt yeah but it's a mindset piece and if your mindset is you want to you have a bit more of a traditional experience then that's great too like you, there's, mm. the world's got choice and it's amazing yeah. that there's so many different cruise line options for everybody i think you can't lose sight of the fact as well though it is a ship that goes to beautiful destinations offers amazing food and great entertainment and that at his heart is what a cruise holiday is about you know yeah. all the other stuff is is lovely but it, it is still a cruise and i think that's what a yeah. lot of people kind of get caught up on of like oh it's not a cruise i know it is very much a cruise the ship yeah. still goes to beautiful destinations and treats you very well that is that is yeah. how what a cruise is about you know whether there's announcements a cruise yeah. directors any when bingo is 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 yeah. by the by like that's just yeah. a side detail exactly. i think the food for me would just be it's incredible like yeah. you know phil phil's a foodie and phil yeah. now will only sell virgin if we're paying ourselves phil is like it has to be virgin i'm not going anywhere else <laughs> it's like great yeah. the, food, the food is is you know it makes or break the holiday right and yes I yeah purposely chose I, obviously i've got a young son so i can't take him on virgin but we um we purposely chose our hotel in turkey because it had seven a la carte restaurants and yes we wanted to do she one night one of the i didn't want to go to a main buffet every night yeah no I to do something different and i think again 
that's where the world has changed as well. And I think we were at the forefront of that because now yeah. people are going with demands. If people are going saying, I want a number of different restaurants so I can sit yes. down and order from a menu. But even five years ago, again, you'd still be, all these hotels were built with huge main buffet restaurants. Yeah. And one a la carte or you have to pay for something. And yeah. now, right? Now yeah. people are much more fussier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What they're looking for. But thank you guys. Hopefully that was helpful. No, um, it's been amazing. It's been a really good insight. Thank you. Yeah. And it's always been here as well, like direct from the brands themselves. And again, I just want to add on as well, it's just a testament to how your team have been as well with working with us as well as travel agents or first mates, as you call us. You're very approachable, very available. And I think it's the reason why it's been easy for me to sell Virgin. It's you give us the, the best support, I think, out of all the prisons I work with. So thank you for coming on as well. No, thank you. Appreciate that. And the thing is, it's you know, we call you first mates for a reason. Like first mate is the captain's right hand person, and that's the big focus for us. And that that terminology, whilst people laugh and kind of poke fun at it, it's important <laughs> because it's a terminology that internally aligns yep. people's mindsets of going, We cannot do this without the first mate. The captain cannot operate the ship without the first mate. So it is a mindset piece. So whilst it does sound like a virgin a virginism and a nice funny term to be able to use, it does have a real core meaning to it. And for us, we always want to you know, we're, we're never going to be the biggest. Um, we're never going to have 25 ships. Um, well, I don't think we will. What is this place? We're very grateful for any support. And every time anybody books with us, we don't, as I said earlier, we don't take it lightly, the responsibility mm -hmm. for an amazing experience for your customers. So they trust what you've told them. Yeah. Uh, but also that they get off that ship and they go and spread the word and say, you know, mm -hmm. this was the, the best week of my life. I had an amazing time and I want to come back. You can't take that lightly, so uh, it's important. Yeah. But thank you, thank you for all your support. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, job flying the flag, and uh, hopefully we've inspired a few more people today to take yes. a look at voyages and get in touch and uh, see what we've got to offer. Cool. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed that. It was really great to have Shane come on board, and again, it's just a testament to kind of Virgin Voyages and their support to working with travel agents like myself. Um, but again, it's just always great to hear directly from. Um, the brands themselves of what why they're so passionate i hope that came across with shane of just how passionate he is about virgin voyages and i do i do think it's contagious so yeah guys if you are interested in booking a virgin voyages cruise then definitely i would love to have you set sail the virgin way you can find me online anywhere at magical-traveler.com or i'm on all social media at magical trvlr and then sarah i know you guys have a ton of cruise content on your website where's the best place people can find you okay so you can find us on cruising for all or cruising with kids where you'll find cruise hints tips and advice cool and that guys we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one bye, bye.